I live in a three-bedroom townhouse with three roommates. The apartment complex itself is older, something the landlords never hesitate to remind us of whenever there's a problem with the plumbing. We've all lived here for about three years, and as a skeptic, I would describe our first two years here as perfectly normal. My roommate Pat, however, would strongly disagree. There have been strange sounds over time, but we live in an apartment building. An old one, at that. We've all woken up to the kitchen light left on from the night before, and everyone's swearing they hadn't done it. But with four of us living here, chances are someone did. Then there was the one time Pat and I woke up to find the kitchen door standing open. Again, everyone claimed innocence. Our kitchen faces our patio, and just a little ways past that, a creek and woods separate our apartments and the houses on the other side. Pat babysits for a friend sometimes here at the apartment. The kid is a little over two and not very vocal. One day I came home and she was freaking out because she'd taken the dog out back, carrying the child with her, and he started waving at the woods. Pat said she looked hard for a few minutes but couldn't find any signs that anyone was out there with her. When the kid started laughing at whatever it was she saw, she took him and the dog and ran back in. About three months later, I was helping her babysit. I was carrying the kid around the kitchen while she made dinner. He started reaching for the window, so I held him up to look at it. It was starting to get dark out, and he was waving at the woods behind the apartment. After that, Pat started getting freaked out about taking the dogs out at night. She said it felt like someone was watching her out there, so I started taking the dog out or going with her when she did. One night, while we were out, the dog immediately started chasing something. We ran after her, and at the edge of the woods, we saw a shadow on all fours. Something about it was strange, but it's the woods, and some animals just look weird. Before our dog even reached it, she began to whine and turned back. Pat scooped up the dog and turned back, but I couldn't take my eyes off that shadow until it darted back into the woods. The next morning, Pat woke me, telling me to go downstairs and look at the kitchen window. Our window had four scratch marks. They were faint, but they were there. The woods behind our apartment, however, are also home to some crazy squirrels, and I suppose it could have just been one of them. I can't skeptic away what happened a few nights ago, though, and believe me, I've tried. I was walking the dog, and we were turning down the path that runs behind our apartment and next to the woods, when suddenly I was filled with dread. The hair on the back of my neck and arms stood on end, and the dog began to growl. I saw something out of the corner of my eye that I swear looked like a person running at me full force. I jumped, preparing to protect myself or run. When I turned to look at whoever or whatever was coming for me, no one was there. My dog stopped growling, huffed, and continued her walk, dragging me around on shaky legs. I really have no idea what the fuck's going on here, but we just signed a new lease last month and are here for the next 15. I hope we've experienced the worst of it. Hi, I'm Jamie Markey. <laughs> and I'm a very sneezy J. Michael Tatum. And Hello. this... It's Goal Intentions. Yay! I'm also a sneezy Jamie Markey. You started it, actually. I did. <laughs> I blame you. Uh... I hope we, it's not the ghosts we're allergic to. That would make this podcast very awkward. I think it's this time of year. The yeah, weather is so... It's so erratic. Yeah, and um, I got 
punched in the nose with my dog's head earlier today. That's abuse. It is. Jack was like, you're going to break your nose. I, I know you love your dog, gonna... but I need you to really think about yeah. <laughs> this relationship. And he's very violent. He's just so temperamental. He shakes his rope, and then the knot <laughs> on the rope will smack into me and bruise me. Because he shakes it like he's killing it's it. So, right? it, he's just so get it. hyper. He is. Well, he's just playing. He's Hopper. And I that's know. What he's happened. Hyper and he's a little wrecking ball of a dog. He doesn't mean to be. Yeah. I got close to him when I was petting Dot and he shook the rope, but instead of getting hit by the rope, I got hit by his giant hard head. Mm-hmm. And I thought I broke my nose, which I didn't. Thankfully. But I've been sneezing. It knocked something loose. <laughs> so I've been sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Daniel sent that in. Thank you, Daniel. Oh, yeah. Good, good story. Good story. story. Something about woods near the house. I, there's something about feeling woods. that sudden surge of dread and panic right before something happens that, yeah. for me, gives it gives it kind of the flavor of reality. Because that that's a very typical experience. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling yeah. feeling that just, why am I suddenly having a panic attack in the middle of nowhere for no reason whatsoever? Right. And, then, and then something happens. Well, and then you have to, especially if you have anxiety. It's like, is this my normal anxiety? Uh-huh. Or is this my sixth sense, or not sixth sense, but my instincts telling yeah. me to? Most of the time, people that have that experience <clears throat> will maintain that it that it, it is anxiety, but it feels different than the normal anxiety. Like it feels mm-hmm. weirdly artificial, like it like right. it was put on them rather than their normal. And people that have anxiety know, like it comes There's in so many shades. Yeah. Um, but when you just feel it for no reason, you know, it's like yeah. what what when it when it feels like you've walked into something like. Like maybe there's a transformer nearby that's emitting yeah. some kind of weird signal, and you're like, oh, okay, that clearly is upsetting my brain waves. There've yeah. been studies about that kind of thing, hmm. so I'm I'm fascinated by by that. But that yeah. tends to be a good indication that something's happening. Something's up. Also, I don't mean to I don't mean to validate everyone's anxiety, but I'm like, hey, when you feel anxiety, that means you should. I don't. I'm not trying to say that. <laughs> yeah, but if you have anxiety, if you if you're having a bout of anxiety and you have a house that is next to the woods, something's wrong. <laughs> because you're next to the woods. If you're in the woods and you're anxious, that's your. I like the DC. That's your instincts telling about. you to get the fuck out of the woods. I wonder. I wonder that bound to somebody has had to have done a study on uh, anxiety disorder and it's the correlation between that and where a person is. Right. Like, are certain areas more prone to produce anxiety in whoever's living there? Like, living close to a power line or, you know, yeah, a body right. of water or something. Of like, there's some kind of, you know, is there something atmospheric that makes someone more prone to anxiety attacks? Right. And I also, wonder. you know, there's the other thing, too, where if you're in a, and I've said this about New Mexico, right? If I'm there, I feel like I'm more sensitive. And it's probably just because it's quieter. Dallas mm. is noisy. There's a lot going on all the time. Yeah. But when you have a minute to stop and think and it's not so busy around you, those things that you normally don't mm-hmm. notice start to mm-hmm. show up. And you're like, well, shit, could someone else make some noise so that I don't yeah. have to pay attention to this again? <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't sleep without noise. Yeah. Um, I can't sleep with the lights on like we advise our right. listeners to do if they want. Um, I just can't. I My, my body, I'm too, photosens- too photosensitive. Uh, in fact, any blackout curtains, but man, I, if it's quiet, I cannot mm-hmm. fucking fall asleep. Even if I'm exhausted, right. like I have to have, like, I, we have an air purifier and like a little, a little sound generator that makes like water and rain. We and listen to rain and noise. Yeah. yeah. I need <clears throat> it. And like when I was in New York recently, I slept wonderfully because I was right in the thick of New York, the city mm-hmm. that never sleeps. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to bed now. There's so much noise. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do, do it when it's quiet. Can't do I it. I do rain and thunderstorm sounds. And then I listen to it on my phone as well 
because that way if there's sounds in the hotel people up and down the hallways or next door or whatever mm. it usually will drown that out for me mm. but anyway okay fascinating so, what's our title today because i know you're going to freak me out to, i know i'm very excited about it the title today is breathing bricks breathing bricks yes it's a line from the kite runner oh okay. uh, by khalid khaled hosini i've never actually said his name I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, it's from sure. The Kite Runner. The Kite Runner um, by Khaled Hosseini? Yeah. That, Khaled, Khaled Hosseini? I'm, I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing it correctly, but... The Kite Runner. Khaled, Khaled Hosseini. Uh, Hosseini. The Kite Runner. That's supposed to be a really good book. I haven't read yes, it. Yes, I haven't read it either. But this line was amazing, so mm. I had to take it. Uh, air grew heavy, damp, almost solid. I was breathing bricks. <laughs> and um, <laughs> this story is going to make this is me very shit fancy bricks. waves. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> that was, uh, we were all so there. We were all, we were all thinking it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay. So what, what's your what's your topic today? Eastern Airlines flight four hundred one. Fuck you! I'm going to be on a plane tomorrow. So am I. But you had the power not to do this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Because when, when I was doing oh, research God, last I'm be week, terrified. it know, kept you, you, coming up, yeah. and it was like. I can't, oh, I'm, apparently I'm supposed to do this story because. I don't know the story. Yeah. I don't know the story. I um, knew of it, but I didn't know the details. So, but I'm, so okay. you're going to completely, I'm going to, oh, fuck, <clears> I'm going <throat> to, should I mark how many times I gasp or freak out or tell you to fuck off? No. Okay. No. I might anyway. Okay. You don't have, oh, count. Okay. I was thinking, yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to do those things. Then. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh, so God. where I got Shit. my information was Aussie.com, ghosts and ghouls.com. Chicago Hauntings. Oh, no, I didn't get Chicago Hauntings. That was something else I got distracted by. Uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> it was just a nice, just it's a, nice a great idea. website, though. Wikipedia and <clears throat> Confessions of a Trolley Dolly. Mm-mm-mm. It was a great, great site. Okay. And a lot of these people had done a lot of research already. There's a mm-hmm. lot of information out on it. So if you if you want to look, you can find it. Okay. Um, except on Wikipedia for the ghost stuff. I found this, I did a search and found this like side page for Wikipedia where the people who were putting the stuff on the site were having a conversation. Uh I guess you can get that information. And they did not want to include the ghost stuff. They're like, no, we are only using facts. This is all hearsay and blah, blah, blah. Except it's not. This is one of the most well-documented ghost stories ever. And it's on a fucking plane. Don't you love that when the skeptics like are confronted with like, like where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? And then the the evidence is you're like, well, here. And like the only argument they have is, no, yeah, I love, <laughs> I love that personally. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Sorry, <that> was, <laughs> I didn't mean to make it quite Dexter's so. Dexter's already but punched I, me in the nose, right? <laughs> Dexter's my dog, if you guys didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So, no, yeah. What are you going to do? All right. So. Okay. In early 1973. No. Yes. Okay. In early 1973, the captain. Was it or wasn't it? It was in early 1973. <laughs> the captain on an Eastern Airlines flight from Newark, New Jersey to Miami was asked to check on a passenger in first class. The passenger in question was another Eastern pilot, apparently deadheading, which is flying home off the clock. Mm. So they can fly for free just wherever they want to go. What, the, a, what a charming name for it. Right. Deadheading. deadheading. There's a lot of weird, there's a lot of unfortunate titles in associate with air mm. travel. It's true. The man dressed in full captain's uniform had not been listed on the flight manifest. When the senior flight attendant had questioned him, the man didn't respond. He just stared straight ahead as if in a daze. When the captain approached the passenger, he exclaimed, my God, it's Bob Loft. 
One would think the captain would have been relieved since he knew the other pilot. However, there was one problem. Uh. Bob Loft had been dead for months. <sighs> oh, you only thought you were anxious about flying before. <laughs> no, I'm like, now I'm going to contend with dead pilots. This is my newest nightmare, so I had to share it with you. Yeah, haunted fucking planes. Here we go. Oh, God fucking damn it. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. everything. Flying fills me with anxiety. There was, I'm, I'm, I know. I'm not ashamed to admit. The travel fills me with anxiety. Now I want to but... be like distracted by looking for a ghost and maybe that'll, <sighs> that'll maybe, help. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe. So, oh God, but it's still so a, terrifying. There's so much information on this this flight, uh, this informa- this mm-hmm. story. Easy so, for you to say. Right? <laughs> Don't judge me. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not judging I'm scared. You. I'm judging So you. this all started back in 1972 on December 29th. Eastern Flight 401 from New York to Miami took off from JFK Airport at 9.20 p.m. There were 176 people aboard the state-of-the-art Lockheed L-1011 oh, or 1011. You're only saying that because they're all dead. They're all going to die, aren't they? Listen to I'm my I'm sorry. Story. When they ever... <laughs> I can't help it. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so freaked out already. The state-of-the-art Lockheed l 1011 which was nicknamed the whisper liner since it was pretty quiet compared to the other planes at 11:30 p.m the captain welcomed everyone to the city as the plane descended toward miami international airport 12 minutes later fight flight 401 smashed into the everglades at 225 oh. miles per hour the pilots and flight engineer oh. two of 10 flight attendants and 96 of 163 passengers died totaling 100 p- one people. Oh, God. Surprisingly, 75 passengers and crew survived. That's, uh, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. This is a very weird story. Uh, the flight was under the, ca- the command of Captain Robert Albin Bob Loft, mm. who was 55, a veteran pilot ranked 50th in seniority at Eastern. He'd been with the airline for 32 years and had accumulated a total of 29,700 flight hours throughout his flying career. Oof. He had logged 280 hours in the L-1011 alone. I feel like I, is it 1011, 1011? I have no idea. We're gonna go with 1011. Say 1011, I think right. I think that'll, that's fine. Someone may, someone may write 11, in and be like, that was, in, that was incorrect, but I feel like, I feel like you can say it any way you want. You're All the right. one telling the story. That's true. You have the power. Um, if you uh, know flights and I'm saying it wrong, just keep that to yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's too late by the time you tell me. His flight crew included First Officer Albert John Stockstill, 39 years old, and Donald Lewis Don Repo, 51, both of whom were experienced pilots and had experience with the L-1011 specifically. Mm. So what happened? Well, when First Officer Stockstill lowered the landing gear, the landing gear indicator light did not turn on. Captain Loft communicated they needed to enter a holding pattern to the tower, and the tower confirmed, telling them to take the plane back up to 2,000 feet and circle the Everglades. So the landing gear, they didn't know if the landing gear had come up or not because they weren't getting any indication that it had been. The cockpit crew took out the light assembly to see if the indicator was working. They were trying to figure it out, and the captain... Loft sent second officer Repo to the avionics bay beneath the flight deck. It's also known as the hell hole, speaking of fun terminology. Fun! Uh, So they wanted him to confirm via a small porthole down there if the landing gear was down or not. So he was going to go look at it to see, right? Mm -hmm. The landing gear was down, by the way, just for the record. The indicator light was simply burnt out. That's it? 
That's all it, oh, oh Here's fuck. What White is so, oh, Come I with hate me it. on this journey. <laughs> I wanna. Uh, 50 seconds after reading to, reaching that, going back up to 2,000 feet. Yeah. Loft told Stockstill to put the plane on autopilot. At some point afterwards, the autopilot was inadvertently switched from altitude hold to control wheel steering, which, you know, doesn't control the altitude. Oh, God. Oh, God. So they were losing altitude. For the next 80 seconds. Oh, shit. The plane oh. stayed level. Then it dropped 100 feet and then again flew level for two more minutes. After that, it began a descent so gradual it could not be perceived by the crew. Oh, my God. So when the plane loses altitude, there is a, a beeping noise. There's a chime that will chime like fucking you, you we hear it in the movies right beep, beep, yeah 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 so yeah, that yeah. will go off to say hey 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 you're I'm like hey you're, you're getting i don't yeah. know if it's in threes or twelves or whatever but but there's an, there's a there's, there's a, a there's an alarm basically yeah uh and it goes off at the engineer station who is the second officer who was repo but where was repo oh he was in the hellhole he was in the hellhole oh and that according to the flight information uh-huh the the recording the flight recorder uh-huh none the other two pilots didn't hear it Oh, God. Yeah. How could they not? Like, oh, God. Because it's at his station. That's, oh, shit. It goes shit. off at his station and nobody was sitting there. Oh, Face. because a fucking light was burned out. All because a one fucking, one tiny bulb probably cost one dollar. Yeah. Based on out. the flight. And this flight was four months old, too. Oh. So the plane it's not the pilot's, it's not the pilot's fault. They're doing everything they can. They can't yeah. assume with that light not going off. Yeah. They can't. They have to go check. You know, right. they have to do all that. Well, it was just I like mean, a perfect. Can't, they can't land unless they know the exactly. It's now. like the perfect storm of shit. But it was like just, oh my god, yeah. oh as, that's horrifying. As stock still started another turn, just thinking he's going around right, mm -hmm. uh, and unto 180 degrees. He noted noticed at that point there was an altitude discrepancy. They were at least under a thousand feet by now, mm. losing altitude quickly. The following conversation was recorded from the flight voice recorder later, which shows that they didn't really know how low they were. Stock still. We did something to the altitude. Loft. What? Stock still. We're still at 2,000 feet, right? Loft. Hey, what's happening here? Less than 10 seconds after this exchange, the jetliner crashed. Oh, my God. It's insane. It's, and it's because of a fucking light bulb. Ugh. This is the thing. Like, and it was just like a perfect storm, like the fucking Titanic. It's just the perfect things just, go wrong. And then everyone's totally trained response to to the issue just mm -hmm. steal, like robs them of time. Yeah. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Yeah. There was a similar, um, there was one. I, I kind of used to watch shows like this all the time. There was like the, the little um, post-mortems, if you will, of famous uh, flight tragedies right and one of them was a, freak me out this was i can't really either i can't yeah. i can't if i'm about to fly the next day right welcome to it motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh no there was one where the the pilot simply uh, wherever the the pilot was uh, the way planes used to be made uh, back in the 70s and 80s like a mm -hmm. lot of things changed after the yes. slew of crashes well, that it's were like what of... you said on the ghosticles episode where yes. it's like every time something happens they fix that you don't normally have the same thing happening more than once yeah. because they fix that issue and in most and, and to be fair in most 
instances, like 95% of crashes are caused because of some miscommunication right. or some communication I mean, issue. And that's what it was, right? Mm -hmm. the, I'm sure they made the chime louder after this because exactly. it was so clear. That and they, they probably made it where like, hey, everyone can be able to hear this now. Yeah. So, but there was one where like the altimeter just was, was in the pilots, like he was... There was something, he had some kind of macular degenerative disease they de they determined, but he did not know about it. And it was just mm -hmm. starting to like cause problems. And so it just so happened that the altimeter, like he wasn't able to look at it and really see. And he just looked and thought it was at a certain altitude and it wasn't. It was completely, they were losing a lot of altitude and they couldn't figure out why. It was because he just wasn't reading the altimeter correctly. Right. All because of just where it was in his field of vision in the cockpit and the, the coupled that with, with the macular degeneration, he didn't realize he was suffering from because right. his pilot, I guess, was in well, his 60s or 70s or something. Crazy like that, that you brought that up oh. um, because we know that Loft died. Captain Loft died in the, right. in the plane crash. And I'll get into that in a second. But they uh, on his autopsy, they found a brain tumor. Mm. He didn't know he had it. But after looking at everything, it what the brain tumor had nothing to do with it. Mm, that's uh, good. It just, at least. He didn't even know he had it. Um, oh, but yeah, crazy, God. crazy. I mean, just an accident, just an accident for through and through like, right. Mm, like just God. a perfect storm of bullshit. Oh, that's so horrifying to think about an air, an airboat pilot was out on the Everglades frogging with a friend frogging and he drove immediately to the damage. He saw the plane crash, went to the damage, rescued people all night into the next day. He, wow. his face wow. and arms, I think his arms were burned from the fuel and I think his face, he was burned, Ooh. but he didn't stop. Because he wow. was rescuing people, and there's and seventy some odd people that he'd rescued, or that were that were he was that survived, in the rescue, and he must yeah. have God damn overnight. Um, and he ended up getting this really great medal, and I can't read it out loud, or it'll make me cry. Ugh. But it was just like good people there at the Ugh. right time to help the people that were there. Ugh. Well, how do you not help? Yeah. I mean, if you see something like that, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, and then this is super cool too. Eight of ten flight attendants survived, and hmm. even though they were injured, because. Nobody escaped this without a single injury, right? Sure. Some people did. I think 17 people didn't have to go to the hospital, but uh, they still were injured. Most of the injuries were broken ribs and legs and, you know, bones and, and cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so these flight attendants made sure survivors did not strike matches. They didn't have any flashlights on board or in oh, the emergency God, kits. Right. And they were worried people were going to start striking lat matches but there's jet fuel everywhere. Yeah. So they oh, made sure Jesus. that everybody don't strike, make sure, tell everybody not to strike a match. We're just going to sit here in the dark and sing Christmas carols. So and it's right after Christmas. <laughs> so they all were singing Christmas carols to like keep just everybody to keep together. Everyone, like, together and... and then also get the attention of the rescue to know Ooh. where people were. Yeah. Oh Isn't my... that gives me goosebumps. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah. So like, Fucking heroes abound at no this kidding. portion of no the story. No kidding. I'm a, I'm a, I'm honestly amazed that many people survived. Right. Well, and then you think about the swamp actually saved a lot of people too. Huh. It absorbed a lot of the energy of the crash, slowing the plane down, and some of the mud actually sealed wounds huh. and kept people from bleeding out. Wow. Now, it's mud from a swamp. It's got bacteria and shit in it. So some people dig it pretty crazy infections sure you know but, but when they got to the hospital um one of the the doctors had uh what is it the um uh, i lost my place hyperbaric chambers so they used hyperbaric uh, chambers to to help those people oh, wow yeah uh most God, of the, that is so crazy to mm -hmm. think about i'm just like i'm I yawning because i'm so anxious i know right <laughs> they yawn when i get anxious i'm sorry most of, it's all right it's all uh, right most of the deaths were from the center of the plane 
Stock still was killed on impact. Uh, Captain Loft died in the wreckage of the flight deck before he could be transported to the hospital. Uh, it was not long after. Uh, Repo was evacuated to a hospital, but later succumbed to his injuries. Uh, Another technical officer that was in the nose of the plane with Repo at the moment of, of impact uh -huh. survived the crash. Wow. How? Keep in mind, though... Because so, that was like, fucking how? Well, he was in a turn, right? Stockstill was in a turn. Oh, so the nose didn't And so take the, the wing hit first, uh, which is probably why people survived. Because yeah. the wing hit, sheared that off, sheared the jet off, um, yeah. the sure, first the engine. engine off. Yeah. And then, and then like, it was just um, decimated, the plane. God. Like, but, but people I, survived. People, yeah. it, it slowed mm. the plane down enough that people could survive the impact. Um, God. Because of a fucking light bulb. Light bulb. Burnout. No! Okay. Fuck, so, I hate it. I hate it. Not long afterwards, at JFK Airport, another Eastern Airlines L-1011 was boarding for a flight down to Miami. Traveling that morning was one of the airline's vice presidents. Big deal. Hmm. He's a VIP. Obviously, he's going to board first with first class. As he made his way to his seat, he noticed a company captain in full uniform and went over to have a chat. During the conversation, he suddenly realized he was speaking to Bob Loft. What? Now, keep in mind, too, that he, he'd been working there for s over 30 years, right? Yeah. People knew him. Well, yeah. And if they didn't, this, this flight made huge news. Yeah. And so they'd seen his picture, right? I'm sure that the company did something and sent pictures and everybody saw what, you know, the loss of life. So he knew he was talking to Bob Loft. The oh, apparition shit. soon disappeared, and the vice president, I'm assuming, fuck, freaked the fuck out, right? <laughs> did, he, did, did Bob Loft say anything? Like, did the apparition... Did he was talking about, to so him. He was talking to him, and just having a casual conversation. Uh -huh. So not like the pilot that saw him. No. That, where he was just, like, straight ahead, zoned looking out. zoned yeah. out. No, Ooh. they were having a conversation, and he was like, oh, fuck, I'm talking to Bob Loft. Wow, that is... God, that blows my fucking mind, Jamie. And then, I know, and then he just disappeared in front of him. Calling card. This is his calling card. Bob's. On the plane. This was on the plane in first class. Was the plane in the air at the time? No, no I guess they, they, were boarding. They, were, they were boarding. So they were he was boarding. Up. Yeah. So Whoa. VP freaks the fuck out and he thinks, oh my God, he's trying to warn us something's wrong. Right. So he goes to the flight crew, tells them that he saw Bob Loft on the plane. They clear the plane off and do a thorough inspection before they take off because they're worried. Maybe, maybe somebody's on there that he doesn't know, but also maybe maybe some, this means something. This means maybe something. Bob's trying to right. warn us that there's like something wrong with this life. Exactly. Hmm. There wasn't. Everybody, everything they. So Bob was just was like, fine. no, no, no. I was just, I was, I was just, just hanging, hanging out, out, saying yeah. hi. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck, Jamie. I can't. Yeah. I can't when do they, this. There was a, <laughs> I can't do this. This is terrifying. Me. I know. I know. I'm really. Ghosty mm. Captain. Here we go. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm breathing bricks myself. <laughs> this is what this is a great title. Uh, a few months later, back at JFK, a crew boarding the same aircraft were surprised to see Loft already sitting in the flight deck. So the captain was sitting in the flight deck. It just happened to be Loft. It just happened to be a guy that was dead. They chatted to him as well, not realizing who he was before he vanished right before their eyes. Oh. So this was the same, this was the same year? Same 1973? Same year. Not the 1973. So the so plane went like down in the of... 72. It was only a month or so later. So it was immediate. Wow. Pretty quickly afterwards, wow. people started seeing him. And um, he, he would talk to people too. Just talk to uh. them. And uh, then vanish. That was his thing. That was wow. his comment. His want to vanish. His want to vanish. Uh, the flight was later canceled as the crew was too shaken. No shit. Fly. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Big surprise. Flight engineers would usually arrive on at this aircraft before the other crew to carry out pre-flight pre checks. <laughs> engineers would check shit out first. <laughs> it all makes sense, right? Yes. I'm following you. On another day, a flight engineer was a little more surprised than surprised when he found a second officer already sitting in a seat. Mm. He was scheduled for that flight. Adding to the surprise, he recognized the man as Don Repo. Oh. And the apparition said to him, you don't need to worry about the pre-flight. I've already done it before doing the vanishing act. <laughs> and, I, had, and had the pre-flight been done? I don't know. I'm I curious. Know. If I'm, like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he probably did the pre-flight check anyway. You know, well, he's yeah, not going to be like, well, like, a ghost told me. Well, a ghost fine. told me too. I mean, fuck, you know, right? he seems his credentials are more than mine. <laughs> yeah. He has, literally has more experience than <laughs> He'd me. He'd know. Uh, <laughs> during a flight from Atlanta. <laughs> oh. During a flight from Atlanta to Miami God, on getting board. getting an engineer to do that now. Uh, um, okay. During a flight from Atlanta to Miami on board another L-1011, the flight deck crew were enjoying their meal as they cruised at 39,000 feet. All of a sudden, they heard a loud knocking coming from the hellhole. By now, <laughs> the ghostly stories had been circulating around the company, um. and the crew were reluctant to look. <laughs> but the knocking continued, and as the flight engineer opened the hatch, he was horrified to see the face of Repo staring back at him. Oh. As we know, this is where the engineer had been when uh -huh. the flight went down. Oh, God. Jesus now, Christ. And this is when they're in mid-flight. Mid-flight. And, and this is happening on, on just, and this, this is random planes this is happening yes. on. Like just random there, planes or planes that are in the same family. In all, they were all 1011s. They all seem to be in the same family. Yes. God. Now, oh. it wasn't only flight crews who saw this ghostly shit. On one occasion, several caterers loading an L-1011 for its next flight were seen running off the jet and they refused to get back on. When asked why, they all stated they had watched a flight engineer who was standing in the forward galley disappear right in front of them. Passengers also reported seeing strange occurrences. One woman was sitting next to an Eastern pilot and she became concerned about him because she thought he looked sick. She called the flight attendant over to check on him. The man... Guess disappeared. What? He disappeared right in front of them. I got it right. Another woman oh. summoned crew member as she was concerned about an unresponsive pilot sitting next to her. And I believe this one is one where they joked because she was talking to him a lot. And uh, <laughs> when when she went to, she called for help and they came over because he was unresponsive. He disappeared in front of her and the crew. And so and she freaked the fuck out. As like, you do. Freak, she had like a nervous breakdown, freaked the fuck out. And apparently the crew said that she was talking to him so much, she had bored him to death. <laughs> it was like an older woman, I think. it was. You bored him out of existence. Yeah. Way oh to go. Stop talking to people oh. on a flight. That's the lesson here. Stop talking. The lesson if is, they have how long did it take stop. her to notice he was unresponsive? Right. Like, that's a good gauge of how much you talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's, as a... Apparition is like, fuck, I chose the wrong seat. He's like, wow, it's God. too late now. Oh, man, he's like, um, bitch, seats suck. <laughs> man, the bulkhead. Um, after these incidents, too, those women were shown pictures of the people who died in the flight, uh -huh. and they both picked out Dan Repo. Oh. Or was it Repo? Repo or Law? It was Repo. It was Repo. It was Repo. Okay. They were like, it's Repo. So they pointed him out. Repo was seen the most. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. So, 
These uh, incidents uh, were making uh. the rounds. People heard about it, especially the people working in, well, yeah. in the airline community. Repo and Loft were the ones that were seen. I don't think anybody, Stock Still, I don't think was seen. Um, and it maybe I don't know if it was because it was so fast for him because he died on impact. Maybe, yeah, you know, know, living a little bit longer, realizing that you had something had gone wrong on yeah, your maybe. watch. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe something about a slower death makes makes one Could linger be. after a little. I, or I don't just know. I mean, just enough time to think, oh, God, I fucked up. Maybe because I what, imagine I mean, I imagine a pilot, you know, uh, yeah, like would feel an incredible amount of guilt. Yeah. For even a mistake that was unavoidable. Right. Right. Oof. And especially, I mean. If you're conscious for even a little bit, you don't yeah. know what's happened. Oh. So anyway, <clears throat> um, Eastern Airlines officially dismissed the ghost stories with then CEO Frank Borman, a former Apollo astronaut, hmm. going so far as to call the tales garbage. Even though his own VP was like, uh -huh. uh, motherfucker, I talked to Bob Loft. Yes. Uh, the airline point blankly refused to believe the spooky stories, but... The sightings were all still reported in the Independent Flight Safety Foundation, a trade publication not known for indulging in the supernatural, who later commented, these reports were given by experienced and trustworthy pilots and crew. We consider them significant. Wow. For yep. a trade publication. Yep. And they printed an account of the sightings in a 1974 issue of their newsletter. Wow. That's how. Yeah. Okay. And I guess from from a PR standpoint, of course, the airline itself is going to try to play them down because they're like, ah, eh, well, you know, people, especially in the '70s, not as many people fl flew as fly now. Right. Uh, so a lot of these airlines were still kind of uh, trying to stay competitive with each other, uh -huh. and they don't want. I mean, that's the last thing you want passengers to know is like, hey, in addition to being scared because it's just flying and people are, you know, right. we're not quite there yet in our mental evolution to be able to do that without feeling anxiety. Well, most a... of us. Uh, also, hey, the plane's haunted. Um, right. Yeah. There's also you know... another reason they may not have wanted. <gasps> We'll get there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay. It's like a murder so, mystery. So, meanwhile, while all of this stuff was getting more public, mm -hmm. the logbooks from nearly all the flights with sightings had reportedly started to disappear. What? Interesting, right? Keep in mind, Eastern flight crews were trained to note any and all onboard incident, incidents in the flight logs, no matter how small or questionable it was. In all of these events... Were written down in logbooks. It's not like people were making shit up. It's not hearsay. They were written down as fact. Yeah. That's why the Flight Safety Foundation took an interest in it. Huh. Right? So these ghost sightings had been fucking documented. When they happened. Dates. Who it was. When it was. How it was. What they saw. Wow. All of that was all documented. And those logbooks started to disappear. Because the company wow. didn't want people to know wow. what was going on. So in 1976, just a few years later, investigative reporter John G. Fuller's 19, uh, he wrote a book on the flight called The Ghost of Flight 401. According to his research, again, investigative reporter, Eastern employees who first reported sightings to supervisor, supervisors were typically referred to the company shrink. Mm. Which is a big deal. Like mm. that mm. doesn't mm. make you look good. Especially, especially in the 70s and 80s. Yes. Eventually, the tales became so persistent and prevalent that Eastern management allegedly warned its employees that they would be fired if caught disseminating the ghost stories. Huh. Basically saying, stop writing it down. Right? Oh. Fuller went into detail about the ghosts, the claims, and the way the witnesses were treated by the airline. 
Fuller's book purportedly infuriated the execs at Eastern. Huh. Huh. I mean, it does seem to be running across purposes That's to right. whatever their fucking raison d'etre happens to be. Uh, they apparently, they considered suing him. Huh. But they decided not to because sometimes when someone attempts to hide, remove, silence, or censor a piece of information, <laughs> that attempt backfires. Sometimes the thing uh-huh. that, that whoever is doing the suing wants to keep under wraps just ends up coming out and, and only draws so much more words. attention just, yeah, to it. Maybe that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Had that person the ignored best. everything, not as many people would know. This phenomenon would later be dubbed <laughs> the Streisand effect after Barbara Streisand, for those who don't know, whose 2003 attempt to suppress photographs of her residence in Malibu, California, inadvertently drew further public attention to it. Mm. Suing is not always the best option if you want to keep things quiet. God, it seems like the last option you'd like you would want think. to consider if you want to keep things under wraps. Yeah. And Eastern was oh. smart enough to shut up about it. But... Once again, we are here with the truth. Well, it sounds like they've done some pretty dodgy shit, like, yeah. like uh, making off with the logbooks and everything, which if that had come out in court, mm-hmm. they could have been fined by the fucking right. federal, Who whatever knows? federal body governs yeah. uh, air travel. Which is why we're here. We're here to share the truth, or at least what we yeah. think is the truth based mm-hmm. upon a few hours of research online. <laughs> <laughs> we're not investigative reporters no we're, we're not. just talkers but i'll um, read what other investigative reporters right have found. right exactly like okay. we're here to just spread the, to spread a the word. word yeah so here's another story flight 903 had just taken off from jfk en route to mexico city Attendant Faye Merriweather, who has an I'm from a book name, if I've ever heard one, (laughs) was in the galley preparing the meals for the passengers. As she reached for the handle of the oven door, she was horrified to see the face of Don Repo staring back at her. Mm -hmm. She calmly, if not briskly, made her way to the front to get another attendant, as well as the aircraft's engineer, to come with her to take a look at the ghosty Repo. (sighs) And this is back in the day, too. You couldn't have gotten someone from the cockpit out during a, you can't get them out of the cockpit now. Right? Yeah, but back then you could. Yeah, back then you just go in and out. Yeah, it's like times have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure enough, when they returned, Repo's face still stared up at them from the oven, although now (laughs) it looked like he was trying to say something. When they listened closer, all three heard the apparition mutter the words, watch for fire in this plane. <laughs> the flight reached Mexico City safely, but on the return leg, problems began with one of the engines. Oh. After inspection, the plane was cleared for takeoff, but it rose. As it rose, the engine failed and backed up. And uh, backed. Uh, it. Yeah. A couple of times. It's a backed term. up. That's what it a car does. A car backs up. What it? Backfires. Backfires. That's. What it is. <laughs> it's like backfires. The plane backed I guess up. It, the yeah, plane was twerking. Planes can't back up. That's why they have to have the. <laughs> That's why they have to throw the tow bars. Uh, so okay. <laughs> the engine failed. Backfired several <laughs> times. <laughs> and so they <laughs> they quickly shut that shit down before it caught fire, and they returned safely to the airport. Everything was okay, but they were looking for it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Thankfully, no one Damn. was hurt during the incident, but the crew were, you know, understandably very shaken oh, after happened? the whole oven door repo face warning thing. Oh, At God. some point. What a funny, like. Uh, it's weird, right? He's like, you know what? This is, he's like, I, I'm going to appear in the oven because like my message is about fire. This is going to really help bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. That's just um, a good, like the, that ghost is a good, uh, it's a good builder of uh, mise-en-scene. Mm-hmm. Like that's a good. Yeah, right. <laughs> And another story, I guess I didn't, oh no, I skipped it. Here it is. Um, no, that's the watch out for fire. So there's another story. I can't find it in here, but 
where another uh, pilot had seen him and he said, no, had seen Repo, like spotted him and he talked to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Repo said to him, N- we will not let any other 1011s go down. Oh. Oh. Right? Oh. And so it's like they were there to protect the flights and protect and, and show up and protect everybody. So. Wow. Is that why the, the company didn't want it known? Because they were like, we don't want people thinking these flights are so off that ghosts need to come in and make an appearance a la A Christmas so. Carol. I don't think so, because at some point it came out that Eastern had reportedly salvaged parts from Flight 401 <gasps> and used them oh, to make God, of course. flights. How? Uh, I don't know. That plane was strewn all over the Everglades. So they were really some cheap motherfuckers to go get those parts. Well, but the planes are one of the most expensive fucking piece of machinery made on the planet. So, like, if they can salvage anything, they fucking will. But they probably don't want people to know about it. No, fuck no. Of course they don't. if I was, they were like, hey, so a part of this plane was salvaged from a... It was a plane that went down. That went down and crashed real bad. Is it the part that caused the crash? Do you feel feel confident in this Like the plane we were on that one time that was clearly made of a bunch of other planes that didn't make it. Thousand percent. It was. I think every fucking screw on that plane came from some other plane that was dead. Yes, exactly. Jesus. Uh, Even the Velcro they used to hold the fucking cover over the emergency exit thing. That That was was reused. Some woman just took it off of her kids' pants to let the legs down, and she used it to stick it. Okay, so most of uh, many of the parts were fitted on aircraft 318, another L-1011 in Eastern's fleets, and most of the ghost stories we've heard, and that happened occurred on that flight on that plane 318 wow. specifically wow they happened so much that was just kind of known by everyone who worked on these planes regularly that you were going to see one of those pilots <sighs> eventually all of the and I guess not the pilots weren't always there to warn people about stuff they were just kind of they sometimes, were, sometimes they were just, just there. show up because they were like, they were like just... yeah I gotta be here because you know that, that part of the plane's right. here and I'm attached to it for whatever yeah. reason oh yeah so <sighs> eventually all of the salvage parts from 401 were later they were removed <laughs> they were like, all right, we'll go ahead and put new parts in. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have gotten away with it, too, if you hadn't been they, for your meddling kids. Right. After they did, the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo were never seen again. Huh. But their haunting words to protect Eastern's L-1011 fleet did come true. In the years after the crash, until the airline's closure, there were no other fatal crashes on that TriStar 1011 fleet. Wow. Damn. 318 later went on to fly for Hong Kong carrier Cathay Pacific and Eastern Airlines ceased operations in 1991. Oh, God. So almost 20 years. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The, the uh, story so permeated pop well, good culture. good on them. Yeah, right? Um, Bob Welch, formerly of Fleetwood Mac, recorded the song titled The Ghost of Flight 401 for his 1979 solo album three hearts fuller's book also known as also called the ghost of flight 401 was adapted into 19 a 1978 made for tv movie starring ernest borgnine as second officer base as a, as the second officer based on repo and a young kim kim basinger as one of the surviving flight attendants on the doomed flight wow. so whoa i'll be flying to pittsburgh tomorrow but jack's going with me so at least i'll have him there with me I'll be flying uh, to, where am I going? Uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee tomorrow, but I'll have, uh, Caitlin Glass will be with me. Oh, that's good. She'll protect you for sure. She'll protect me. Or she'll like mess up the podcast. I don't know. She does either or. (laughs) 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 So yeah, that is, and there are several like other stories of flights and stuff like that. 
that is Flip 401 oh. and the ghost that haunted it and how <sighs> documented that case was. That's fucked up. It's really cool. It's fucked up. Yep. That, oh, that's terrifying. That's mm-hmm. terrifying, but kind of it's sweet in noble a way too. and sweet yeah. in a way that they yeah. stuck around. At least they weren't ghosts that were just trying to scare people. Like they weren't being assholes about it. Right. They were like, we're really good. You know, there was, they were good. To do. They were, they were good people. And that's why I think though, that those pilots, because it was pieces of, you know, of the plane. but I think that's why the pilots were like, that something's wrong with this plane. And so we got to make sure wherever these parts go, that those planes are watched after. Oh, because we God, just, yeah, I don't think my heart has ever raced quite so much. Yeah. Yeah. While doing this podcast and it's and it's and it's had a number done on it several times, <laughs> but this is like, OK, yeah, I know. Happy travels tomorrow. Yeah. Safe travels to you. I hope yeah. I hope there's no ghosts on your plane. Me and too. If they I... are that you don't see them and that they just quietly land the plane. With no, gently. May the ghosts on your adventure not lot, be on the flight. Right. There's a lot <laughs> be on more. on the ground where they belong. Uh, there will, and I'm fully aware that this is just me comforting myself, but I, <laughs> flights, <laughs> flights have a great deal more redundancy on them now than they did even then. And they, mm-hmm. and they were, they were well made then. Um, but there's just so much, there's so much redundancy now that it's, it's not often that you hear of. <laughs> Knocking on wood. Knocking. Um, yeah. That you don't hear of accidents happening terribly often. Yeah. Anymore. Um, when you yeah, do, it's usually it's usually it's usually a smaller like Cessnas or planes that like you know hobbyists. Yeah. That's why like uh, when I was fly. flying out to I was going to Tortola. And my friend was taking her dog out there, so we had to take a private plane <laughs> out there, <laughs> which was a whole adventure. But the last flight we took was um, I don't know if you've ever been on a flight with eight dogs four it was i have not it was seven four greyhounds two great danes and a pit bull that was ruby oh my god she was a little pit bull she was so sweet um <laughs> and they <laughs> it was a very tiny plane uh the the two and a half hour flight took four and a half hours because we had to go around a storm because it was like a twin prop uh, there was oh, so, so much takes... farting from those dogs and panting. <laughs> oh, the poor things. Yeah, it was. And then dogs at the very end, the, the co-pilot comes out behind the curtain. So you know, like, what we're talking about here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, did you guys want something to drink? I was like, well, what do you have? You know, and he was like, oh, we got some, like, Miller Lite or what. And I was like, you have you have beer on that fridge? And you're just now fucking telling us? <laughs> like, and he was well, like, we... did you want something? I was like, yes. I don't care what it is. Just give it to me. It was really funny. Every once in a while, you'd see the pilot, like, peek back to see like, what was smelling okay. so bad. He's like, yeah, it's these giant <laughs> these, creatures. It's the livestock. Yeah, that's what it smelled <laughs> oh like. God. And then when we got out in St. Thomas, we were taking the flight to Tortola. Uh-huh. And it was a, it had three seats in it. One for the pilot, uh, one for me, and another seat. And then, and then Ruby sat in a in an empty spot and it but it was really cool he gave us a little tour of the islands which was nice but the whole time i was in the flight i was like oh my god uh but it was beautiful and it was i've been in a helicopter i've been in a helicopter view no that's um that's a little disconcerting i i I loved it because i I, it's weird i'm not heights don't really bother me it's just the idea of (laughs) crashing and dying right um but we uh we did a tour of um uh, the helicopter tour over the falls of uh, Niagara. Oh, yeah. It was really nice. But it, they go up high, like yes. real high and fast. And you're like, oh, yes, that's right. They just go straight up. That's the, yeah. that's a helicopter for you. They just go, Vroom, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah, we're okay. We're it's up like here. It's like the Woo. most dangerous ride at Six Flags ever. 
<laughs> more dangerous. <laughs> the most. Because it's not attached to anything. I know. Uh, at least the most dangerous ride at Six Flags is attached to something that's on right. the ground. Uh, but anyway, thank you for scaring the shit you out of me. You are so welcome. I'm glad I could be of service. I can build a brick house now <laughs> <laughs> with my supply. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet. Okay, uh, you want to take a little break? Yes. Breather, and then we'll get back to... Yes. All right. All right, it's your turn. What are you doing? I'm going to keep us on the ground Okay. Uh, for this one. Um, although hospitals are probably more terrifying than planes <laughs> um, when you think about it. It's true. But uh, so I decided to do uh, one because it was rather famous. So I'm going to start this off by saying one of the really frustrating things about trying to find research topics when you're like, what should I do this week? You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to kind of look into this area because there, there's a lot of stories I don't know mm -hmm. uh, or are they're completely like I didn't know about the, 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 the one you just said. I have no idea. Never heard of it before yeah. in my life. So I try to look for stuff and man... It is hard to find anything that doesn't try to say the most haunted in America yes. or the world or the universe. And it's it gets a little tiresome after a while because I'm like, that feels like you're it feels really like bullshit. To sell it me feels on like it. bullshit. Yeah. Like I'm like, can't it just be a mediocre haunting and still right. be interesting? Do we all have to be does it have to be a 10 all the time? Right. Uh so I think Linda Vista Hospital, which is my subject, is an example of a really creepy place with a very unfortunate history. Uh, I would definitely call it a tragic history, uh, but but not a unique tragic history, sadly enough. Because it's a hospital. It's a hospital and, <laughs> yeah. and well, but even for a hospital, it's pretty tragic. But sadly, it's not unique among hospitals for what happened gotcha. to happen there. Uh, the hospitals so, always make me think of Ghost Whisperer with Jennifer mm, Love Hewitt. Mm, mm -hmm. And whenever she'd go into the hospital, she'd have to be very careful because she'd see people everywhere. It's uh, uh, always uh, creeps uh, me out. Okay. Funny, you should mention that. What? Uh, Jennifer well, Love Hewitt went to that hospital? Stop. <laughs> she has the best coats in that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's fact. Um, all right, so uh, the, my sources for this site were, of course, Wikipedia, Atlas Obscura, which did a lot uh, to kind of help me. Also, I kind of looked up a lot of online videos of people that have gone into uh, in, in Vista when you could. You can't anymore. It's mm -hmm. been converted into homes, uh, to apartments, senior living apartments with a hospital on site, but just a limited hospital for for senior residents. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. So it used yeah. to be a hospital and it was abandoned for a long time. And most of the shit we're going to talk about comes from when it was abandoned. That's when it started getting its reputation for being haunted. It didn't right. have it when it was So a it had a hospital. reputation for being haunted and they were like, let's turn it into a place where we put elderly people who were closer to the veil. I mean, it's LA. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's LA. Everybody it's is close LA. to the veil. LA, they're like, we can't just leave that shit abandoned. It's we can fucking real estate. <laughs> so, uh, so those are my and uh, another site which I'll read extensively from toward the end from Working Nurse, which Ooh. I thought really interesting. You know, I love ghost stories from nurses. Yeah, and then this is a good one. And then she talks to the the person I'm talking about at length, kind of gives her sort of her whole history of her relationship to the building and actually going in and taking classes about, Ooh, you know, it's, it's very okay. interesting, okay. Uh, but very sobering at the same time because it's not it's not quite what you think. So Linda Vista Hospital was built um, in 1904 okay. and it was originally called the Santa Fe Coastline Hospital and uh, it was built specifically to serve the railroad yeah, industry right. that was flourishing then. I mean, it was just floods of railroad workers coming to that area of the country on the West Coast in LA specifically. And so they needed, you know, and being the railroad, there were a lot of on-the-job accidents and they needed hospitals. Now, it was... Uh, <laughs> on the job <laughs> on, on the job 
It's long before they had those little signs up that say, we've had X amount of days since our last accident. Right. Um, <laughs> there were no days between accidents. My dad's a big part of why that's a thing. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. did tell me um, that. Yeah, why, why the, the, the companies started like giving a shit about safety. Right, yeah. Uh, he in general, hurt a them. lot of people is what Michael said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he saved a lot of lives, the that's son right. of a bitch. That's right, he did. I'm, um, I'm kidding. Your a... father was great. Tell them real quick. Okay. So, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, my dad, my dad was a, was a, a safety advisor slash engineer slash VP for several companies. And he basically was, um, he was an expert in OSHA standards and also mm -hmm. in just all kinds of industrial uh, things ha having to do with safety. Um, I forget, he had so many titles, I can't remember. But his job was to basically fly around the world and um, be like, that's not get safe. companies that are factories, especially regulator factories. Uh, up to OSHA codes, right? And where OSHA codes had not really had a reach before, mm. so he saved a lot of lives. Yeah. And uh, but he's also because of that, my dad's also the worst case scenario type of guy. Mm -hmm. So like, it, like he could look. There's a book called Worst Case Scenario Handbook, and my dad could read that and be like, they left shit out. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so built in 1904 as the Santa Fe Coastline Hospital, the building now known as Linda Visa Hospital burned down uh, in 1924. Oh. Given a mission revival style uh, facelift as it were, and a new lease on life as a top-notch institute in 1937, Linda Vista enjoyed many decades as the premier facility of its kind in the region, complete with a beautiful Santa Fe tile look. It's called the Mission Revival mm -hmm. style. Highly trained staff, some of the best in the country, and at least in the early days, its own supply of livestock and a vegetable garden to provide patients with the freshest diet money could buy. Well, that's nice. Now, as the railroad industry declined, however, and the Boyle Heights suburb, where the hospital was located, mm -hmm. with it, uh, Linda Vista fell on hard times. By the 1970s, railroad employees were seeking more mainstream medical care. Linda Vista staff found themselves treating more gunshot wounds than broken bones because <laughs> of the way the neighborhood had gone. Right. The once glorious hospital became a refuge for victims of violent crime more often than not. Uh, East LA gangs basically kept the ER full in those days. Yeah. I mean, I guess in the 70s and 80s was when like was the, the various, violent. there was a lot of um, lot of turf wars going on between mm -hmm. LA gangs. Yeah. So Linda Vista Hospital was sort of the place that people that were caught up in the crossfire mm -hmm. uh, went. Now, funding cutbacks devastated the once proud institution. Doctors left uh, their wits end with failing resources and the high mortality rate among patients because they had to cut operation time, stuff like that. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. It was just the worst possible thing. And these are doctors. This used to be a place where getting, getting a residency there was just what you wanted on your resume. And then it became hell on earth, the last right. place you wanted to go. So before long, uninsured patients, uh, uninsured patients grew to such numbers that in 1988, Linda Vista's ER was forced to stop accepting ambulances. They'd wow. have to turn them away because like we cannot take any more patients because they're uninsured. And that ends up costing the hospital yeah. money, which they didn't which have they didn't a have lot of anywhere. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the quality of care at Linda Vista struggled to stay afloat. And uh, in 1991, it was forced to close its doors for good. Now, LA real estate being what it is, it's a wonder the abandoned six-story building with its lovely mission-style tile didn't immediately become an apartment complex or uh, was just raised altogether to make way for a strip mall. However, and Well, it wasn't is... in a great neighborhood. No, but, you know, if they that's the thing about developers. They're like, well, let's try to revitalize it. And then maybe, right. you know... There weren't enough um, gays in the neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> Bring our disposable income to your neck of the woods and we'll 
Uh, anyway, so <laughs> and this comes from Atlas Obscura. Quote, when the hospital closed, the few employees left just walked out. Patient mm. files remained lying open on counters. Beds set askew, some made, some not. With the building stripped of everything of worth, the flotsam left behind gave the eerie ghost vibe so appealing to horror fans. A frightening excitement of a place that harbored more deaths than one could imagine, where the caregivers who kept the misery in check have disappeared, leaving behind nothing but in injured souls. As dust gathered on the windowsills of uh, Linda Vista, so did the sense of unease. Mm. That unease was picked up by both film and TV location scouts. I was going to say. As well as ghost hunters and tours, and suddenly Linda Vista was bustling again. While the ultimate fate of the hospital uh, then remained uncertain, plans to renovate uh, or turn it into condos had fallen short for a long time, mostly due to the high amounts of asbestos and lead contained inside. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's very expensive to remove. So um, up until then, paranormal operations and filming continued in earnest uh, as of 2013. <laughs> if you're looking for ghosts, it's fine. You can breathe in asbestos. It's totally fine. <laughs> now, as of 2013, Linda Vista's creepy halls have featured in over 60 films, Ooh. dozens of TV shows, and more than its fair share of music videos. Well, and you know the city put some um, sort of tax and like you oh, had to get fuck, approval yeah. first. You couldn't do any of that urban exploration. You'd get fucking <laughs> fined. Right? They're like, fuck, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have a permit? Uh <laughs> exactly. You can't film in here without a permit. You no, know, since closing its doors in 1991, the hospital deteriorated rapidly, and it seemed Linda yeah. Vista was lost to the ghost and spirits of those who died there. However, the building's proximity to Hollywood was its saving grace, and several movies and TV shows have used the hospital as a shoot location. Portions of Outbreak, End of Days, Pearl mm. Harbor, and the pilot episode of ER. Oh. Were shot inside Linda Vista Hospital. During these productions, the hospital's haunted reputation grew. Reports of unexplained phenomenon came from overnight security and production crews. Darting shadows, cries in the night, and unexplained mm. humming were all experienced by those working on the Linda Vista grounds. Many claimed to have been touched and pushed by these unseen forces. Three spirits in particular have been cited on multiple occasions. A little girl lurks in the surgical room. Yeah. A young woman paces the hallways of the third floor. And the spirit of an orderly still makes his daily rounds, apparently. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to being a go-to location for horror film shoots, in the decades since its closure, Linda Vista has become something of a mecca for paranormal investigators. Right, of course. Our old pal, Zach Bagans. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to punch his face. And, and the crew, one day we're going to meet him at a con, and we're going to be like, sorry, um, you're hot. but <laughs> You're just going to um, grab my hands. Just in case. <laughs> Why are you holding her hands? We're just really good friends. We're just really good. <laughs> Zach Bagans and the crew of Ghost Adventures spent a harrowing night on lockdown in the hospital. Yelling in one, at walls. In, 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 one of, in one of its shit. earlier seasons. Walking away with a host of both unnerving paranormal, uh, personal paranormal experiences, according to them, and a few ghastly EVP recordings. Mm. Having said that, mm. I'm... Of all the shows on the air, mm. uh, the dealing with ghost hunting, uh, ghost adventures to me is the least convincing. Yeah, I just, same. I think, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, um, um, draw their ire. But <laughs> I think it's bullshit. It just seems like a little too whatever. It's the yelling. It's the yelling, and I'm gonna taunt it because I've got big balls. Like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck? yeah. It's like it's almost like it's a it's yeah. a throw off, and then you know? it kind of is. I think they're just they they're take, throwing off with ghosts. They take it so seriously, yes. and they never. Um, 
And I, wa- I watch the show. I It is a guilty pleasure. I watch yeah. it. It must be every time I am traveling at a con on Saturdays and Sundays, or it might even be the whole fucking weekend, the Travel yeah. Channel just does a marathon all day, all night of that show. Sometimes Because it's their flagship ones, though, show. And if it's the, those, I'll watch the different ones. Yeah, I, I much prefer the different ones. But if, mm-hmm. but if I guess I, I'm Ghost Adventures has been on so long that they can do just marathons every weekend. And that's, that's been that true. way for years now. And I'm like, how, how long is this show? Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so it, it's, you know, but they. It's known. It is known. It's known. I, I think um, having dug into this a little more, I think it's that. I think Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew gave it that reputation. I think mm-hmm. it had, I think people worked there, actors and, and crew and security guards that worked there when it was being used uh, as a filming location, I think had experiences because I think, you know, actors and people in the business tend to be sensitive anyway. Yeah. But rather than having like ghostly experiences, I think maybe they were just overwhelmed by the awful atmosphere, which I mean, clearly any hospital like that, that ended the way it did. Yeah. Um, you know, and where right. people well, died needlessly, you probably suffered that the needlessly. Ghost Adventures crew are sensitive to anyone else but themselves. Good point. They do seem so into themselves. I don't know. Maybe we'll meet them and they'll be very, very nice. And they're like, yeah, no, that's just what we have to do for the cameras. Because I mean, I, they're in a circumstance of their own. I know they got to produce content and it's not, God knows, it's not easy. Um, notice how I'm stretching this out. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> So in January 2006, the hospital was finally placed on the National Register of Historic Places. In 2011, the 4.2-acre Linda Vista Hospital Complex was purchased by AMCAL Multi-Housing Incorporated. The structures on the historic registry, the main hospital, and former nurses' dormitory were renovated into Holenbeck Terrace and now provide a total of 97 apartments for fixed-income seniors, including an on-site medical facility. Nice. So I, I, when I'm doing research, and this is, I'll get to the really cool stuff written by the nurse in a second, who I should be clear, didn't work there. Uh, but mm. just being a nurse had a special connection to the idea of what the people that did work there must have gone through and right. how, of course, it could create, you know, a haunted fucking building. Mm-hmm. Uh, when looking, trying to look information for this house, which comes up in a bunch of articles as one of the most haunted, blah, 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 yeah. those, that annoying uh, trope. Uh it's really hard to find anything that's really it's solid. Generic. It's all generic. Um, there's a lot of YouTube videos of people doing walkthroughs when you could. Like mm-hmm. I said, now it's now it's a residence, so you can't anymore. But people, there's a lot of you know urban explorers going in and people having ghost tours and stuff and telling their stories of like. But it's mostly the the overarching uh, uh, theme is just the feeling of unease they get. Yeah. And 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 you know and you know if you watch the episode of um, oh there was another uh, in 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 addition to Ghost Hunters, or Ghost Adventures, rather, there was an episode of, like, Paranormal Survivor, mm. um, where they did, like, a contest-type thing, but, ah, those shows are full of shit. <laughs> um, so it's just an example. I, I found this interesting because I think it is a sad location, but I think it's been really... I feel like its proximity to Hollywood <laughs> made it right. much more haunted than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> but... Before the building was renovated it's into its... It's been glamorized. Pre- it's been glamorized. Um, before the building was renovated into its present incarnation, pediatric nurse Ursilia Pompilio, I hope I'm saying that right because that is a beautiful sounding name, yeah. uh, wrote of her obsession with Linda Vista and talked about even going so far as to visit the site after taking some classes. Um, so here's <laughs> what... I some, thought you were going to say something else. After some, taking some... 
marijuana. No, yeah. maybe she did. Yeah, I don't know. So nurses. What? That sounds um, like a terrible idea. Nurses work hard. So she writes, it's no surprise. And this comes from uh, a really interesting site called Working Nurse, where okay. a lot of nurses blog about their experiences. And they talk sometimes. They tell ghost stories because Ooh, they have interesting, they have interesting perspective. It. It's really good. Um, it's no surprise, she says, that many ghost hunters have made pilgrimage to the Linda Vista, which became a paranormal amusement park of sorts. Among the ghost hunting visitors uh, have been a local group calling itself the Boyle Heights Paranormal Project, which investigated Linda Vista back in 2010, and some of the editors from the online uh, magazine Atlas Obscura. Naturally, the Linda Vista has also been a popular destination for TV ghost hunting programs. Not long after Ghost Adventures challenged the resident spooks, another Travel Channel series, Paranormal Challenge, uh, staged a competition between two teams to see who could find the most paranormal evidence there in 2011. Oh, I know that show. Terribly scientific. Um, some ghost hunting teams have used audio recorders in hopes of capturing electronic voice phenomenon or EVPs, traces of voices or other human sounds and audio static or feedback, which some paranormal investigators believe is evidence of the existence of ghosts and may even allow communication with them. Some ghost hunters who have recorded EVP at the Linda Vista claim to have discerned whispering and even a little girl laughing and singing. Mm -hmm. EVP is not the only unusual phenomenon investigators have experienced at the hospital. A mysterious woman's shadow has been reported, and some investigators thought they saw a ghostly doctor pacing the corridors. Kimber Chase, a former Linda, Vis uh, a former Linda Vista ER nurse who appeared on Ghost Adventures, has tweeted, quote, The old Linda Vista hospital is extremely haunted, and I got more information from there than I ever wanted. End quote. Oh. Hospital of Last Souls. A few years ago, I took a paranormal studies course. This is uh, this is the nurse talking again. Uh, this is our nurse. The, uh, the let me say your name again because it's so hard for me to remember. Ursilia. Ursilia. It's E R S I L I A. Ursilia. Such a great, beautiful. I fucking love that name. I'm obsessed with it. Um, so uh, a few years ago, Ursilia says, "I took a nurse Urs. That's nurse Urs." A few years ago, Nurse Hurst says, I took a paranormal <laughs> studies course. My teacher claimed to have pertinent evidence that the Linda Vista Hospital was indeed haunted. She said that with the help of a spiritual medium, she was able to go into the hospital and clear it of all lost and fragmented entities and ghosts. That's a powerful That's a, claim. Yeah. I asked her why the ghosts and or entities chose to stay in the hospital. She replied, most were gang members and patients seeking retribution for negligent care didn't know where else to go. While any ghosts that still linger in the corridors of the Linda Vista may be lost, the hospital itself has become famous. A land developer brought the, uh, bought the building in 2012, and today a senior living apartment stands in the, skele in the skeleton of the old grounds. Uh, but is it still haunted? I don't think it's haunted, scoffed a girl at a local bookshop. I drive by that building daily, and it's nothing more than just a beautiful old Spanish-style building. <laughs> <laughs> My mother was a physician at the Linda Vista Hospital as far back as when it was owned by the Santa Fe, uh, Santa Fe Railroad Company, recalls Anna uh, Jimenez O'Connor. She used to walk the underground tunnels that led from the, in, uh, the intern housing to the main tunnels. She never reported anything unusual. I don't know why I made uh, that person sound like that. Like um, with so much speculation... Uh, I, being uh, Nurse Urse, decided to drive <laughs> down to Boyle Heights to investigate for myself whether the premises were indeed still haunted. Although the property today is a lovely blend of antique and modern architecture, I did get a bit of the creeps as I stepped inside the main entrance, a slight twinge and the feeling that something knew I was there and was watching me through the long hallways. And no, there were no cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into a security guard and asked him if he thought the new facility was haunted. 
It's my first day, but my coworkers have told me stories, he said. <laughs> One of them saw several dead bodies lying in piles in the basement during his late night rounds. Another said he saw a doctor looking down at him from one of the windows. I don't believe in ghosts, the security guard went on, but some of the new tenants have reported a lingering stench of burning flesh in the halls. Ooh. It's worth noting the original Linda Vista Hospital had a crematorium. Mm. And it burnt down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, There's that part, too. <laughs> it worked too well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even if the Linda Vista was never really haunted, its macabre legacy will probably linger for many years to come. It might eventually be forgotten, but if unquiet spirits still lurk within the corridors, we may eventually see a new flurry of YouTube videos as retirement community tenants attempt to document those special, those spectral entities. The story may not yet be over. Mm. Perhaps all hospitals are haunted, she says. Even if you're a born skeptic, it's hard to be sure. Those footsteps you hear down that empty hallway might just be your imagination. The chill in the pit of your stomach and the feeling that you're being watched might just mean you're overdue for a snack and a cup of coffee. But on the <laughs> other hand, she says, you never know. You never know. Ah! Yeah, thank well, you, I mean, Ascilia Pompilio. It's a hospital. It's haunted. <laughs> it can't not be there's too much energy there yeah it's like a theater not, theaters and hospitals and yeah, hotels always and hotels haunted. and yeah. libraries there's just too much traffic <laughs> and, and libraries there's yeah there's just too much there yeah. well and emotion there's too much emotion yeah there i was, wish i could have found more about specific experiences but it right. seems to be everyone just talks about going there and feeling it I and mean, the most i could Shadows. come up with was this was the story of the story of someone going like oh i saw dead bodies i couldn't find any confirmation of that right and i looked um so I, I think it's interesting. I think just caveat emptor, whenever some whenever you're looking at stuff and someone's like the most haunted in the world, it's probably not. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's what's the thing I like to say? It's um if it has a gift shop, it ain't fucking haunted. Right? Yeah, that's true. Um, but but yeah. <clears throat> well, so that's and now I mean you think about it too. It was a hospital. It was a hospital that didn't have enough provisions for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, abandoned. So it got this spooky thing. Yep. And now it's for the elderly. Yeah. So I mean, so it does. It seems it's really to, it, committed much to of being it's, like, it's really it's really committed to just like housing the forgotten. Yeah. Ugh, and the yeah. disenfranchised. So it's certainly haunted. Well, maybe not. These might be rich people that live there. We don't know that. And just because they're rich, don't mean their families want anything to do with them. That's true. Just saying, it's sad. That's true. And not to say that rich people are always wanted. But. <laughs> You know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're I'm saying. I'm not stepping on rich people's toes. I'm eating them. <laughs> Just kidding. They can afford new toes. <laughs> Eat uh, the rich. Eat the rich. Don't. What did I say that one time? But get some balsamic vinegar ready. Um, yeah, the it's good my stuff. favorite condiment. It's a great <laughs> balsamic. It's so good. It's healthy. It's very delicious. I like olive oil, though. Oh, my God. Mayonnaise with olive oil in it is like one of my new favorite what things. What about olive oil-based mayonnaise? That's what I mean. Isn't oh. that what it is? <laughs> No, because other mayonnaise isn't olive oil based. I've, well, I don't know what I've had, but I've had, it was some combination of olive oil and mayonnaise oh. and it was delightful. Well, all right. I'm glad that you had I'm that. I'm so hungry now. I am too. <laughs> I'm quite, quite hungry. Well, thanks um, for scaring the shit out of me with your story. You are so welcome, I thought I'd just Michael. bring it back home with something sad. It is sad, but it's also, I mean, it's a hospital. Well, and it's it's nice to know though that these stories, when you see them online, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this one's super haunted, and because sometimes things are super haunted, and there is a shit ton of information online. Right. And sometimes sometimes you there's think not. There's sometimes be a lot of info, and it's like nothing. It's just it's 
one story that has been copied and pasted uh-huh. on a thousand yes. different websites. Yes, And yes, it's all yes. the same wording and it's all the same. Everything is exactly the I same. I want to do an episode where we like just focus on those types of hauntings where it's like, oh, this most haunted is actually just one bad story that yeah, people have claimed been... that all, everyone claims to be the the person the protagonist of right because that happens but I'm like well yeah. and then it's like you know it's not that this place is not haunted it's just not the most haunted or the most dangerous yeah. because of the ghosts or whatever yeah. it's not or it's, maybe they're just trying to you know they're trying to oversell it because it's there's not a there's a story there but it's too um, not obscure it's too fur it's too fuzzy right because it's just there's a general it's just a general bad it's just a generally bad and unfortunate place right and so there might be little things here but it's not like oh so and so went there and on this particular date saw a shadow in the corner of her eye and then so and so on this date on you know with two other witnesses heard this child crying nothing there's i couldn't find anything like that hmm. on this hospital which was i mean and all, and maybe considering how so many paranormal shows, or at least two of them, I should say, have gone there. Um, it may just mean that it was a, it was an easy location to do um, right. because it's it was right down shoot. the street from the studio. Yeah. Uh, so like, oh, let's just go there. It's fine. Let's do that. I don't know. Wow. I haven't. I have not seen that episode of Ghost Adventures. I'd be interested to know what they think they found. Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch it and let me know. I can't watch it. <laughs> They're too serious. They're too serious. The two bro. The two bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's bro busters. It's, it is robusters, yeah. but nobody busts them. <laughs> I'm sure they get busted a lot. Like anytime something happens and it looks like they're being attacked by something, I'm always very excited. If I've seen it, like a clip or something, because I don't actually, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they, this brick was thrown at them. I was like, fucking yeah, it was. Get him. <laughs> You're like rooting for the demons. I am. <laughs> In that particular instance. Oh my God. Because who's a demon? Who Who's the real demon here? Right. Is it, is it the demon? Or is it the entertainment or is it industry? The douche. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, safe travels to you tomorrow. Safe travels to you as well. If you see any ghosts on your plane, you text about it. You text me immediately after I you will. land. I will. I will. I will absolutely let you, <laughs> you know. And I'll be... let everybody else know too. You same to you. Yes. Are you yes. doing other ghosty stuff while you're there? Um, I don't think I'll have time to do a ghost tour. I might. Oh. I, it's either that or Dollywood. Well, it's ghost tours are a little out right now because it's cold. Yeah. So yeah. most ghost and tours it's, and in it's cold. November. It's about the same temperature in Tennessee right now that it is here. Yeah, it it's going to be. It gets out of the 30s, upper 30s, and it gets high. It's in like the upper 50s and down to the I think the high 30s. in Pittsburgh is going to be in the 30s. Yeah, well, Yay. yeah, Pittsburgh is it's for the north, colds. so you might even get some snow. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't mind going somewhere else and getting snow because I can leave. That's true. And then it's always like, ooh, Until yay. You can't. Look at my three days of snow. It's been so fun. And then and if it all melts and I can fly home, and then it's like, mm, yay, yeah, 60 yeah, degrees. Yeah. I like it. Fact. Uh, but anyway. but have a good time. Thank you. You as well. I will. I will. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> <clears throat> we hope that we appropriately scared you in I'm according scared to your fuck. scared needs. We hope you've met your scare needs. That's right. Helping you meet your fear needs. Uh, Thank you. Um, Thank you again to everybody that came out at Anime Dallas and said we didn't didn't get a chance to do the podcast. Um, But we did have a lot of people come and and draw some art. And it was really amazing. It was awesome. Um, I loved it. I, I couldn't go on Sunday, but... But uh, Jamie yeah. showed me some of the artwork you got from fans. I'm like, ah, I love it. I need to find the time to do it. But yeah, I want to. We we just enjoyed meeting everybody so much. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, <clears throat> I believe we will be having a podcast panel at the very least at the end of January. Yes. 
So stay tuned and we will let you know. I think we have more conventions together this next year already. So we're definitely going to try to bully our ways into getting, <laughs> getting the podcast, the panel that we want. Finagle. Fin- bully. We're going to bully. I'm going to be like, fucking, let's do it. And then they'll be like, whatever. It's free like, fine, whatever. Just shut up. <laughs> Just do it. It's fine. Um, but we'll let you know for sure. Thanks again, uh, though, for coming out and saying hi. We always love it. Yeah. And, um, Thank you for patrons. The patrons Thank you. awesome. Yeah. Thanks for those of you that the send Discord in your submissions. Is on it. I love the Discord. It's super yeah. fun. And um, uh, remember, it's, it's okay, okay to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on.